0: In April 2020, just as the global pandemic was kicking off, Lawrence and I started recording our weekly Friday firesides. These are conversations broadcast live over the Crowdcast platform and joined by people all over the world who listen in and share their thoughts with us via the chat. We started these live recordings as an opportunity to keep in touch with our members as well as process what it meant to run a business during a pandemic. Since then, we've broadcast nearly every single Friday and built up a library of over 100 episodes. We cover a range of different topics from money to meaning, pricing to purpose, vision to vulnerability, entrepreneurship to empathy, and product design to life design. This is our perspective of what it means to do business
1: from the inside out, as well as the outside in. If you're a business hippie just like us, then you'll definitely find something of value here. We hope that these conversations inspire and motivate you to do work and build businesses that create meaningful change without burning out. Because like us,
0: you're just wanting to make money, do good and be happy. What we usually start with is is for people who, who are just generally happy startup fans and they just like to tune in on the Friday Fireside. But Could you maybe start, Joshua, by just sharing a bit about the work you're doing at the moment and maybe a, just a short potted history of how you got to where you are now?
2: Yeah, of course. Well, I'm in Turkey at the moment, but, you know, I am based out of the UK and I, 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 I have been for, for a long time, specifically London, for several years. And, yeah, like, I think we can all relate to to seeing this problem, I think, confronts us all on a regular basis whatever big city you live in like any metropolitan area seeing people sleeping on the street and people experiencing homelessness for me like this is this is something that's become really normalized in society it's become so normal that we we feel that in cities that are incredibly affluent and have so much provides what i feel is is such a um a minimal level of care for the most vulnerable the reason i say that is because you know no matter what i felt about this before i started this journey because i i guess i've started doing the work I, I was doing about 7 years ago now wherever you sit or whatever the reasons why you might think someone might end up in this position i don't want to live in a place where people are left behind in the where they are at the moment through isolation through complete loneliness sometimes through actual loss of life in a lot of cases, like the amount of people who actually we lose citizens of whatever country we live in, who don't make it through the year, who die on the street. So I was always walking around with this kind of sense of, this doesn't feel right. There's something in me that this doesn't, this doesn't feel okay. And I think a lot of people feel that, but we're not quite sure as individuals how to best approach a situation when people's lives can often look very different than our own. Also, you know, what can you really do as one person? This overwhelming feeling of like, how can I even make a difference when this problem seems so big and, you know, I don't have much time. You know, you know what, what can I do? So there's those sort of almost feelings of fatigue sometimes when a problem feels too big. And for me, that was my reality for a long time. But that changed one day based on my work that I was doing and I was getting paid for at the time. I was working in the salon as a hairdresser doing um, men's hair and women's hair and all the rest of it. And, you know, I really enjoyed my job. You have to as a hairdresser. It's something that's so up close and personal with the people that you're spending time with. But when I started hairdressing, I realized, of course, my role was more than just hopefully this transaction of money, someone's coming in to pay a service. Oftentimes people talk to you about their lives, what's happening with them, the different situations they might I'd be going through that might get a little bit deeper sometimes and and I was there to hold space for that you know and um and that transitioned in a way that I wouldn't have thought it could have into finding kind of this at least my personal antidote to try and help people in this situation who were living on the street so I um I was on the way to someone's house one day with my things to cut their hair and do a home visit and I saw somebody who was sleeping on the street at the time and what was buying a cup of tea and the usual things I think we all know how to do, which are really important in that moment, you know, maybe buy someone some food, help them out, drop a few coins if you have them. That turned into remembering I had my scissors and everything I needed to cut someone's hair in my backpack and and I asked them for a haircut. And, you know, that I guess from that moment, you know, was sort of the beginning of 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 what I'm I'm doing now. It changed my trajectory in, in a big way and it was a real recognition, I think. Of course, I didn't go home on the bus that day feeling, or that evening feeling like, oh wow, a haircut's going to completely change someone's world. But a couple of things happened, which was like, it really gave this person something to feel good about. You know, it really gave this person a smile. It really gave this person like this feel good moment for them, like some me time, which I think is so needed when you're feeling, you know, pretty like you might not have all that much hope right now. So, There was a piece with the haircut itself i saw the way that kind of provided something tangibly but it was actually i think deeper than that personally that's kept me doing this which was a bit of a shift in kind of perspective of focusing and how i you know how i choose to focus on on the things around us rather than feeling overwhelmed and feeling helpless i you know i can actually just concentrate on the things i can do and i started going out and, and doing this more more often
0: do you remember the name of that person and and what the story they had and and how that felt for you as well because that must have been the first bit scary to just I don't know what was that experience like personally Yeah you know it was yeah of
2: course I like, I remember it you know really well and and this was someone who was like a similar age to me his name was Derek and, and like you know it was it was something that I oftentimes we we When we think about speaking to another person we're so self-aware you know we're so we're so self-aware as far as how how you know we are with the person in front of us even when we're speaking i don't know if everybody listening can think about this how often we're talking to the person in front of us we're so aware of what it is we're saying and how we're coming across and some of that is of course linked to our previous experience our past experience and 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 for me it happens still to this day but I'm so much more aware of it now uh, when I'm worried about how something's going to be received and what happened in this first moment was for some reason that day I didn't think that internal dialogue didn't really get in the way I just thought ah there's this idea maybe I could cut your hair and I asked this person straight away and they said yes but if I did probably spend that 10 seconds more thinking oh should I ask no maybe this isn't really an important like what he's not going to want his hair cut that's know he needs a roof over his head he hasn't got any money in his pocket of course this is not like top priority on someone's needs right now but you know in a more articulate way I think I can probably explore that but maybe it's not for right now is, is maybe that dialogue usually gets in our own way and and for some reason that didn't happen for me that day and I'm really glad because it kind of it got me out of my comfort zone and yes this is somebody who who, from the outside, I could be thinking, oh, wow, their, their life's completely different. Of course, I can't deny the privilege I have or not recognise that. Like, I don't want to diminish that. The fact that I had somewhere to go and sleep that night, that makes my world completely different to theirs in all kinds of ways. But there's a hell of a lot of places we could meet as two human beings as well. And I, and I, you know, we, we still feel the same things. And we still... Mm respond to the same things and we still have these basic needs as people like to be seen and to be heard and to feel a sense of belonging and um you know that that's that's something that i've really learned on this journey i feel is that quite quickly with these experiences after that first one i'd go out and i'd do this more and i'd this first guy he introduced me to some of his friends and then i'd go out on another day off and before you know it i was getting to know lots of people from all different walks of life around london and it was like these became my new pals these people I, I, I was meeting on a regular basis and all of that stuff that surface stuff that would stop me from interacting with this in this way it, it all dissolved quite quickly you know because yes like of course you've got people in like sometimes some very difficult circumstances who might be suffering a lot who might have experienced like or be experiencing some complex you know had some complex trauma in their life or maybe like some reoccurring day-to-day kind of real difficult situations. And what comes with that sometimes is what can be the ugly stuff, you know I mean? uh, From the outside, you know, people with quite severe substance misuse and addiction, sometimes people with difficulty, you know, kind of even kind of interacting the way some of us might be used to because there's been a lack of trust for a long time with a lot of people around them. There's been people who might not have had, like, a support network that I've come thankfully to be used to in my own life. So there's all these like details and all this texture to this stuff, but really it was like mm. through experiences and going out and doing this, I realized that like there's so much in our lives that we try and guess, we try and have these ideas of how things should be before we get to them. And that can apply to like lots of different situations. But when we're talking about human interaction, I started trying to remove my practice was whenever I went out and did this to to remove this idea of how things should be and what that tended to do was create no expectations and go with the flow and be present in the moment and at the end of that day that might have involved a couple of hairy moments here and there where there were people who might have been you know doing things like you know that there's you could I could be right in the thick of it sometimes you know I used to cut hair down in charing cross station in london off the strand i'm I'm sure lots of people listen might have been through that station before but there's all these like corridors underneath this like web of corridors underneath that sort of run down different alleyways and some of them are pretty derelict and not really used and i don't know you know it was this epidemic in 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 england about 2015-16 when spice really like ripped its way this synthetic cannabis ripped its way through like a lot of the poorest communities and the most vulnerable people and like it was pretty hectic at times down there, you know, but then I was like, I, you know, I didn't get hurt. I never got pushed around. I never got, it's just getting better at dealing with the surface because the point I'm in a very long winded way getting to is that all the layers that precede this kind of moment, like I find through the haircut, albeit this very simple thing. When I spend an hour with somebody, you kind of get through them in some way. And, and there's just this human being sat there who like, probably need to hug and that's not to be patronizing it's just to reflect upon my own life you know i mean anger can come sadness can come frustration can come it can come in all kinds of different ugly kind of ways where it's or it you know these emotions that come up but like underneath usually there's a person who's just like i'm fed up you know i'm fed up with whatever it is in my life that's that's not going right for me right now and and yeah through this journey I, i try and I try and kind of remain focused on the fact that there is a person there, and and that, yeah, sometimes that's a really easy interaction, sometimes it's not, but that's kind of the level I want to be able to try and communicate on.
0: You talked about just giving someone a hug, and Anya mentioned in the chat that just that physical close contact that someone may not have had or feel like no one wants to go for and give Mm -hmm. them, that what a powerful thing that would potentially be for. For someone who doesn't get that or feels they, no one wants to give it to them, and and this, what I heard and and again, Anya's given hopefully giving you some useful words. The difference between self-conscious and self-aware. There's that self-consciousness aspect of like, oh, what is this person going to think about what I'm saying, and you know, am I saying the right thing, and how's it going to end? Versus the self-aware mm-hmm. of like, I'm a bit scared at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is. Yeah. I love it I love the puns hairy a bit hairy or hairy moments and being in the thick of it we just about to give a haircut this person we have perce- maybe perceptions about and the, and this is the the self-awareness that we have these biases and maybe these prejudices that we mm-hmm. in your case it sounds like you just push through there's a gut feeling and this difference between a gut feeling and overthinking the situation
2: yeah uh, yeah that's and that's really important and I, I do yeah, and I'm reading some of these comments and it's so it's so nice to sort of yeah, to sort of, you know, be speaking to people here and hearing your thoughts and uh, on this too, because really this is a, a universal thing. Obviously what I do is specific to like a haircut and the street level that we're talking about here, but like really this is just a human thing, you know, this mm-hmm. is just an equivalent to, everyone has their own version of this, you know, the nerves that come up with, I don't know, it might be like, there's an, whatever is out of your comfort zone that's going to look different for everyone, like. I've started to find this stuff like my comfort zone now. So now out of my comfort zone, looks like a little bit different. If someone invites me to like a gala dinner, I'm, I, I'm for two weeks before, I'm thinking about the ways I can get out of it and feel sick. Because if anyone says there's a dress code, then I freak out. I'm like, so that's my version of that is like, I can't handle it, you know? So we've all got these, these anxieties and these things that come up, but this one in particular, I just feel that, yeah, the touch is important. And yeah, the touch and that that kind of what could be a long time that some people might be starved mm. of, of this 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 kind of really basic human interaction. And I know that some people could be listening to this, maybe not in this room, but obviously I give talks about this stuff often and be thinking, well, this is great. when there's this like storytelling aspect to what I do because, you know, I'll talk more about that. But as far as the action itself of cutting hair, like, all right, well, you know, a lot of times people's minds then flick to, oh, that's nice because someone can get a new haircut and maybe they're all clean and they can get a suit and then they can go and get a new job. And that's fair enough because that's one way of thinking about it and it's quite, you know, I don't want to call it linear and like a kind of, you know, to, it's not it's not a bad, that's not a bad thing thinking about it that way. But for me, I actually think it's something kind of quite deep in the sense of if someone takes the time to come and be with you and mm-hmm. intimately spend time in like a non romantic way, like in a kind of way that is just a brotherly or sisterly love for a stranger and someone who you didn't know five minutes before like i just I just feel that you know if you 're really in like a quite a difficult place mentally i see I see the difference that it makes to people, and that 's not because of me as josh that 's not like me saying oh, wow, I'm going out to be the saviour of people. Like, no way. Like, I, I I, talk about this stuff because I know these are universal truths and I try and remove myself from, like, the part of me that's scared, talk about this, like, I'm this hero in this story. No, but I'm happy to be a protagonist for something, to be able to, to be a conduit for, like, a message because it's a message that comes up in my own life a lot. You know, like, you know, when I'm having a really bad day and someone takes a bit of time for me, it's just, like, it it gives me almost like a another vantage point on my own life. Like if I'm having one of those days or weeks where like you're having a bad day after a bad day and it can turn into a bit of a perpetual kind of thing where it's hard sometimes to to see the wood for the trees. And, and I think that with the haircut, simple as it is, that touch, that human interaction, that closeness with a person, yeah, it might be a bit cagey at first. Yeah, they might be thinking what's the catch. And, you know, afterwards when you've left and there's no money exchanged and it just is what it is, like – you can see it's, it's meant something to a person that they're like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm worthy of that because we're all our own worst en- enemy in that respect. Like, I saw something the other day, I forgot, this video clip, and it's about speaking to yourself. You know, you speak to yourself so un- un- unkindly most of the time. Like, I think about some of the ways I've spoken to myself before mm-hmm. when I've had certain issues. And if I was to speak that way to friends, I wouldn't have any friends left, you know? And, and, and I think that that's, a, yeah, that's something that... Pr- sort of plays out in this haircut I want to go out and do this doesn't matter what country or what what city doesn't matter how difficult a situation might be if I do start the process of cutting hair and that doesn't always happen it might just be a chat and someone doesn't want a haircut but if I do usually something does happen quiet or maybe a bit louder or maybe it's a bit more subtle in some way but it's just this thing where at least someone knows there's someone who cares about them there's someone who. Who who who's who's seen them that day and, and who's aware of their existence and the fact that they're important enough to to be given your time?
0: I remember you. Uh, I'm listening to you talk uh, on a previous interview or a conversation. You talked about this idea of having someone in your life that would give you unconditional love, and how when you don't have that, or you've never had that, what that could mean for your own sense of safety. Or, I don't know what. Do you remember saying that and how that played out or what that meant to you in terms of these interactions that you're having? Well,
2: you know, the thing that I run into a lot and I think that's, it's you know, it's hard to unpick sometimes is this sort of deserving or undeserving or worthy or not worthy. And I think that I'm trying to, like, when I can, like, think about, you know, it's, it's you, you've got to draw the line somewhere. Like, look, I, I know that especially working with addiction a lot, like the hardest thing is when like someone's kept on loving someone for so long, but they're not responding to that for whatever reason. So they've had to let go of them because it hurts too much. And like, you wouldn't deny anybody that because you can't, there has to be a line somewhere that is drawn, but that's going to look different with each person. But I think I try and talk about that as far as like, right now we live in a time where society's line, like don't let that be your line like what that kind of looks like for me for a long time i was thinking about this stuff you know i've always considered myself as like a liberal person who wanted to understand people wanted to support people but i think i probably did have a certain opinion about homelessness and what that looks like and maybe some of the choices that people might have made and all the things that perpetuate that or maybe the lack of effort to like access the services that exist but when you get beneath this stuff, like, the judgment day to day or the kind of like the ways that people wash their hands of a person right now, the way that looks like broadly speaking, it's just like it's so harsh. It does so little to like to to recognize the human condition and like the pain that we all go through, mm-hmm. and like how detrimental and psychological like effects that can have when, when certain things happen in your life. It's just so mm-hmm. it's, it's so far out just just so stuck in the past it's so archaic to me you know with all of the conversations that are happening around mental health now in tech spaces in business spaces in corporate spaces like people talking about it on the telly it's it can be this thing to talk about but it's like when you take society, you know the, the kind of people i see on a regular basis and people who are living on the street it's like well, let's start there. Like, let's start at that point and, and look at it and think about even if there are services you can access, and even if there are, what help looks like is is something that unfortunately is, is is far far from like what I think are standards that should be provided. But um, you know, even if it did, even if this, there was this society's utopia where this was a perfect, hand up. It would have to include the holistic conversation it would have to include like the side of this i think uh, when i go out and i do this i experience a lot which is just like hearing about what's happened in someone's life and hearing about like how difficult it can be sometimes when you have a lot of guilt a lot of shame maybe a lot of trauma about something to break your own cycle this stuff and to like feel like you're worthy in some way so what i was saying about deserving and undeserving it's just that of course, I understand if somebody is like, look, you're working, you're working hard. You might be feeding, you know, your family, you know, putting food on the table, like caring for you and your family. You might not have much time. You might see somebody who's who's shooting up on the street and think like, why should I help this person? Like, why should I, why should I? I'm, I'm, I'm looking after me and my own. I'm trying my best and I've got struggles. So like, and, and that's that's fine based on your time, but you don't have to help them using your time. But for me, a lot of this stuff and talking about it and telling people stories, really, it's more just about. Well, just approach it literally, though. Approach it without any. Base everything on your own experience, like the, just mm-hmm. because the judgment that's piled onto people, it's it's just it, it only carries this this weight for a lot of the people I would see, and uh, and I just don't want my empathy to stop at a certain point, say like drugs or bad choices or whatever it may be. It's like you if you go back in someone's story and you press rewind on their life there's 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 i, I just think we're a product of our environment and i don't think anyone mm. for me anywhere i could put my hands up and say that like i am not above any of those things i've just i have a different perspective oh well, you know i am I'm, I'm sat where i am now because of all the things that have got me here in my environment mm. and of mm. course i try hard and i put a lot of effort in but i'm not above those things you know what i mean
0: well there's a, there's a massive tangent that I'm resisting going down was this idea I've been talking a lot about, free will and our ability to to essentially make very autonomous choices. And why I'm going down that route is that we, we get dealt certain cards in life, and some of us, they've been quite beneficial, mm. and for others, they've constrained them down a certain path. And to a certain level, yeah. they it might not have been possible to make any other choices. And not even, it's like they even thought they had a choice. Yeah. The the environment they were brought up in, the circumstances they were in, meant the only way they could cope was to do a certain, whether it was to take drugs and where that led. And so to then have a judgment and say, well, you could have done something different. It's like, would you, could you, in the same circumstances, mm-hmm. do you believe that you have that strength of will and choice? And then... When you're talking about unconditional love there's that there is that aspect of like okay you can't make yourself a martyr to someone who's never going to change or there's the really it's going to be harder and and to basically there's a level what I'm hearing is a sense of having very clear boundaries you know and mm-hmm. and the very you know you can't be unaware so so self unaware to keep yourself in a situation that is damaging that you're never going to change because you just want to love this person but the other aspect to this that I'm hearing with the work that you're doing and hopefully we'll go into a bit more detail about how that's evolved is the non-transactional nature that you come to an, an engagement with someone or a relationship with someone where it isn't about what am I going to get back from this person? It's like I just want to give and that's it. And that's why I'm thinking about the unconditional love. There's no condition to my having sat down with you and having a chat or to give a haircut, mm-hmm. or to whatever any of us on the call today could do with someone that we never knew or feel is having mm-hmm. a hard time. And that, for me, is the more powerful level of this, because that's the story, mm-hmm. I think, that you're yeah. trying to tackle. is like, are, in this hyper-commercial world, obsession with transactional relationships, as opposed to what can we give as from a place of abundance? Is that
1: fair yeah. as a way of- yeah that's
2: uh, yeah yes it's i think it's something that i think we're, we're in this time i don't know about you guys and people listening to this where it seems so difficult sometimes that like two things can exist at once whether that be the comment threads on social media the division we see politically the way that things are broadcast to us with one side or the other and and i feel that on what you're saying carlos it's like What came up for me there was, you know, you can have boundaries whilst loving unconditionally. And what I mean by that is you can still, like, wake up with an ethos of feeling like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to, until I get to that boundary, until I get to that point, I am going to give my love and I'm not going to, I'm not going to think about anything else apart from that. And I'm going to go out and do this thing because it feels right. And that is the reason. But if you're in tune with, like, your internal, like, radar and how you feel, you you don't do anything that also takes from you to a point where you know that's going to be unhealthy for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's the same as, say, vulnerability, but still having your guard up in certain situations. Like, of course I have to have these two things happening at once at all times. Like, I I go out there and spend time with people in a loving way, getting to know them and have to really be quite vulnerable myself to be able to connect with people on a certain level but sometimes i might be underneath some highway somewhere in like a sort of mini tent encampment place with quite a lot of like raucous stuff going on around me and people who are in quite desperate situations and i say that not to judge them; i just say that just about survival and it is what it is you know what i mean like you know if, if i've got my things around me or whatever that may be you know there's an awareness piece there so like i feel like i i know what it's like to be able to practice those two things and you know, help, no is healthy, of course. Like, no is a very healthy thing. But, you know, I think sometimes we can get a bit hung up on on it being one thing or the other. And for me, like, everything can exist at once, but it's like your your choice to go out and do this stuff, it's, like, unconditional in some ways, but then there's another part of this conversation, which is why it's beneficial for you, because the reason I continue to do this work is not to feel like... You know, this is not for some karmic points Tally, that I'm trying to, like, accumulate in the hope that, you know, to balance out any other aspects of my life in some way. This is something I know gives me what I'm supposed to be here for, which is when I can, like, being present, as we've we've, we've heard from in the comments, and, and, and being here in this moment. And sometimes that will look with, like my family and friends. Sometimes hope you know that will look like people outside there and strangers and and sometimes that will look like how i want to spend my time in other ways in my life but of course i get something from that of course it's 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 not transactional tr- transactional in, in in money but it it is a really important thing to 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 touch on because it doesn't matter what scenario you kind of you want to paint as far as what altruism looks like for you or how you want to maybe be in service in some way to your community or participate with like an issue that you feel like you want to change. It's like when it involves people, it's really, it's really important to recognize actually, yeah, you, you, you do get something out of it. It's about stepping outside of your comfort zone and growing as a person. And, and, you know, there's all, you can read all the, the, the books and there's, you know, all kinds of training courses you can go on, but I really do think the, the brunt of that for me it happens like in real life with with people mm. like you're, you learn so much about one another by spending time with one another of course that makes sense and yeah actually um, I just do want to say Anya I'm really happy you're on the call because there's some real great stuff coming up here as well because the like Maté and, and this documentary that Anya's just put me the, the link in the chat here the wisdom of trauma is incredibly powerful it's very important it's a really important document on A lot and it touches on like sort of homelessness but trauma really broadly speaking as a whole and the work that he's doing
0: I just wanted to also acknowledge um, Anya's mention of Brené Brown and uh, the research that she did about wholehearted people and uh, how actually stronger boundaries were important uh, and sort of relating to this idea of unconditional love but also holding the strong boundaries and knowing when to yes, yeah when to I think not pour from an as if you're pouring from an endless and then empty cup. And Lawrence also mentioned Adam Grant's work about give and take. Uh, And I think this is core to what I'm hoping people are going to hear from this is we want them to feel empowered. Mm. I think to to be able to make change and what that means. And and yes, there are big, massive systemic things that need to be done. Uh, And you talked about it before, you know, we could get very political and there's lots of complexity around this. So how can we bring this down to kind of a simple level? And so I just wanted to, because part of it feels like you mentioned it before in terms of the things that we can do and the things that you've done seems to be around storytelling. And we talked about the why and so maybe exploring the what and the how a bit more in terms of, you know, how your work has gone out into the world. I, just to give you some context, though, you know you talked about programs that people can learn. We we do a program called Vision <laughs> 2020, and we try to get people to craft their excite strategy. And, and the thing that I wanted to relate to was this idea of a getting out of your compass, comfort zone, but mm-hmm. also thingifying, making something out of these thoughts and ideas and passions we have.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, yeah, we're well, connecting that with your... Right, you saw this, you had this experience, you continue to have this experience of cutting hair, and then you took a next step around... Sharing that experience with people. Could you talk us through that a bit?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're right. And it is easy because when you're talking about the really like hardcore emotional side of this, you know, you start sort of. It's a bit of a glass of wine, wine round a dinner table sort of conversation that could go on for like many hours because this stuff is, you know, it's 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 really
0: interesting. Oh, we and, hope to have but, that as well with you, Joshua. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, but you're right to
2: to sort of talk a bit more about the the tangible side of this and you know what I'd give more in a, in a talk and and why I go and give speeches about this stuff to try and. You know, sort of get others involved because do something for nothing. Basically, from the first haircut and from meeting more people, you know, and working in my job in the salon at the time, I started. Well, I made the decision to to start telling these stories on Instagram at the time. Oh, well, you know, it was it was really actually a point with this this you know th- this thing that's grown so much since then when you could really grow followers quite quickly if you had a message and you had an idea and I started posting with consent these stories I take a before and after photo of people I'd meet sometimes it's this really big transformation especially when you've cut someone's hair who maybe might be you know might not have had a chance to get that done for a couple of years and it was amazing because these stories started to to get shared they started circulating online yeah there was a couple of, of short video pieces news articles that went out and um yeah it really went viral actually back in 2016 i think it was a bbc video that went out and got like 30 million views or something and it just tri- it completely took this from the first six months while i was still working in my job and doing this on days off to um a level where i had to make this decision to continue doing this and i i left my job and the reason for that was yeah, honestly just following a feeling like i i feel that perhaps to relate it to business and startup and maybe more so this conversation is like look you believe in something right you have an idea and you know the trajectory isn't going to be this 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 rise this steady rise to exactly where it is you know whatever your three year five year plan is for that goal it's going to be ups and downs you know and and, and ebb and flow and all, all of that and i left after six months of doing this, because I'd used up all my holiday in the salon, and, but you know, I I got to this point where I was just meeting people, and because it went and really took off on the internet too, and I had you know hundreds of messages and emails of people wanting to get involved. I came up with this hashtag, "Do something for nothing," and I'd leave it at the end of every post, and I that other people would get involved in their own way. And it it was amazing to see the way that this expanded to people in different cities with ideas of their own like yoga teachers going into like rehabilitation centers to give their time for free or young people who'd go in and have lunch with older people who didn't have any families to come and see them and spend time with them and have some food with them you know just there was there was really tangible skills as well like my friend she's come, become a really good friend now jade she was a vet working at a practice in north london she's now set up some good street vet she goes out and looks after dogs on the street and animals and gets to know their owners too and you know, from Europe to America to other places in between, this just started to really pick up some momentum. I started to go into schools and give talks about this. And my personal belief is that you, it's just as, you know, whatever your version of this is great. Like if you want to go and volunteer your time for an organization that already exists, if you have money to donate, these things are all really important. I I feel that when you use something perhaps that you have as a skill or something you enjoy, maybe it's a hobby, maybe it's your passion, things that get you out of bed in the morning, like it keeps you going back to it, you know. And for me the, the cutting hair, the creative side of that is 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 a really important part of the process. You know, I, I play music as well. I've I've put on art exhibitions in, in the past, especially around Do Something for Nothing and what I've done with this. I really am drawn towards the storytelling side of this. I think that that's my mission here and and why I do the work I do to draw people in, to really shine a light on this. I've seen the way that that can actually help and transition people off the street. And I've had some beautiful experiences with with people with that, but your version might be different than that. But one thing I'd say is just whatever success looks like in the way of material and making money in your business, like that's awesome. But I just, without talking about this stuff, without having a touch point in your life in some way. There's a cup for me that was was not getting filled up that, that is, you know, and, and I think that everyone's got a different amount of time. I grew up, you know, in a single parent family, my mom, my, my sisters, like, I all I have to do is look in my own past one generation to see how my mom would in no way have had the time to do anything that I'm doing right now. Um, she was bringing up kids and she was doing that like really well with limited resource resources. So this isn't about dropping your things and going, right, I need to go out and do all these things because otherwise I'm you know, it's you find your version of this, but it's 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 about um for me, the same thing as the risk that you might take in business or startup is what I wanted to bring it back to, or the risks that you might take in doing anything on that kind of like spectrum of things. It's the risk of going outside your comfort zone. It's the risk of going out there and maybe having this idea to to impact your community, maybe even it starts with this really small thing we're talking about, like a conversation with someone who, who, you know, you might not have interacted with before whatsoever, and playing out your worst-case scenario, going like, I'm pretty sure the loss of what happens there, if it's not well-received, is, is pretty minimal, you know, to you. Like, I, I say that, you know, a lot. I'm like, play out your worst-case scenarios. With homelessness, let's, like, narrow it down to this subject is, like, you know, imagine it's a busy street in the middle of the day and you go up and you think, you know what, I'm just going to go out for a few hours today and just try and just have some conversations with people, just sit down, because it all starts there. You're not going to have to help someone more without going out and just sitting and speaking to somebody. And you go up and you say, hey, how are you? And you smile at the person. You know, what's, the worst that's going to happen, they tell you to get lost, then maybe say it with, with profanities and, like, with worse language. What have you really lost there? It's about, like you know, growing thicker skin around this stuff. I still, to this day, sometimes have this moment where I know I'm with my backpack and I'm seeing someone I haven't met before and they're there with their sleeping bag and they're across there. And I'm like, you know, I have this moment where I sort of have to breathe and go, yeah, this isn't about me. Like, I'm not, the the, the reason I'm here right now is not to be, uh, this is not for me to like be liked or to be like, this is not, it's just, I'm going to go out and I'm going to give my time and it, someone might be in a difficult situation. It, it's gonna work out how it's gonna work out But I've just stopped holding on to this idea of how things should be in that respect But yeah, the the thing that I, I want to just hammer home quickly is like I used to think like a smile and how are you and these things that seem like really Almost like I used to think of course how are you seems like a question. It's like a silly question when someone's clearly in a difficult position. Like if I go and just smile and give eye contact to someone, are they going to ask me for something? I can't give them all everything they need in their life right now. So like I best not really interact with them. And it's actually so fundamentally important and should not be ignored. Not not only because that being seen in that way when you're in a difficult spot is like actually means a lot to that person. But I also believe it's the beginning of, whatever you want that to look like, to be able to, to, to make an impact on whatever issue you can, it's like, it starts with a conversation. It starts with listening. It starts with going out. And if you want to make a difference to whatever it is like in this world, you've got to, you've got to go out and like, listen and uh, yeah. And base it on some experience. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like a message. Mm. I, think.
0: I like that message in mm. terms of, yeah, there's so many things there on one level, there's this idea of, I'm going bringing bring it back to boundaries. To make eye contact, as they say, we're making eye contact with a homeless person saying, hi, how are you? And they yeah. asked you, can I have some money? To be able to say, sorry, mate, I'm not going to give you any money. Sorry, friend, but I want to talk to you. And to do that with strength and, and conviction rather than apology or then suddenly feeling really uncomfortable. That's what came up for me. And then it is kind of this stepping out of this comfort zone and not knowing what's going to happen next. Not holding on to this expectation that's it's all going to be rosy and suddenly I'm just going to be like Joshua and I'm going to change someone's life by this conversation. It's like, actually, it might go a bit wrong, but then it might go really right. We have no idea. Yeah. But unless yeah. we try, we'll never know.
2: Yeah, you've got to enjoy the not being right so far. I mean, I, my relationship's just changed so much with the the stuff that's not supposed to be right. I sort of relish those moments sometimes. If it gets a bit heated and a bit mental, I'm like, cool, like bring it on as long as no one's hurt. Like you know it's all just it, it can all just be so you know your relationship can be just not as as heavy as it has to be i think you just got to get better at sitting with some of the suffering in life i think i've tried to do some work and i'm still doing work to to get better at that like if i'm sat with somebody and you know they've run out of places in their body to like put this needle and they're like basically ill and they're in this really awful situation I've got this choice to like carry away from it and go, Oh my God, my heart goes out to you. My heart goes out to you. And I I, I, look, and I just feel so terrible and so awful. Or I just sit with it. I just sit with it and go, okay, like, this is where you're at right now. This is where we are at right now. What's going on. And, you know, almost trying to find the hum, the, the lightheartedness within that. That's really something that's important because I don't go out, heart out all the time because it's like, People already know shit's real for them right now. You know, what I mean they don't need me gushing my oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh you're oh uh, all the pity and all that emotion. Like, we don't want that. We want someone coming along and going, Yeah, my life is completely different than yours. Like I may not understand how it is, but I'm gonna try and just sit and just be with this and just spend a bit of time maybe walk a couple of steps on that kind of path of empathy here and maybe we can have a good time together maybe we can smile maybe we can laugh you know mm. uh you know it's 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 yeah so so but 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 you know if there's people listening going oh wow this has got very deep very quickly i'm a person <laughs> who like wants action steps and i want to be able to like you know log on here and feel like what can i do well honestly if everybody on this call or anybody who watches this later on catches up with this like this message that we're talking about and some of the stuff we're covering here it really does need people who have the skills time and probably a different brain than i ha- have the organization brain to be able to like take this holistic conversation and really advocate for it on like a, a broader scale for society but not just advocate for it but also like ways to implement this because what i'm talking about here is a street level altruism you know and 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 what we're covering but this is such a simple concept that i feel like could radically improve the numbers improve the the chances of people being able to step forward in a more positive direction with their life like at the moment the hostel system the way it looks for people in this situation is so isolating there's usually not a common area to commute and to kind of be together and and there's Reduce funding in kind of the mental health side of this, it's been cut massively. So like, whether it's art, whether it's music, whether it's therapy of any kind, whether it's having a buddy to just talk to, as you do when you go through certain programs like NA or AA or whatever it may be. But it's like, this for me is like the missing piece to the puzzle because it's, yes, it's systemic and it's housing and affordable housing. And yes, it's all of the, the things that we need to as a collective kind of raise people's level of care up. But I feel like this stuff is 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 so crucial to to giving people the best chance, uh, like happiness, at least a chance at like happiness that they deserve, at least a pursuit for that, you know? So I, I often wonder with this work that I'm doing now, what it will look like in three to five years time, because I, I feel like I am on a bit of a transitional moment. I wrote the book last year. I continue mm. to do this work and tell stories, but I think I'm gearing towards trying to take this stuff and actually trying to round table a bit more to be able to (coughs) implement it more in the systems that are already in place, like the really simple things, the kind of Mm. feel good things, a level to, to, to help people, you know, feel better and feel more dignified and, and yeah, just give people a better better chance.
0: I think I just wanted to just close off on that. This this idea of like where you've come to and it feels like, through the power of storytelling through the power of creating something that people can connect with but also something physical that they can actually read and go through and I just wanted to pass on to Lawrence a bit here around you know our experience of storytelling and our experience of actually making because it's also about making things people can can relate to and look and experience
3: well it's a skill in itself isn't it you talk about hairdressing as a skill but i think storytelling is a skill that i'm sure you've got better at over the years but Yeah, that's the thing that shone through for me when I came in touch with your work and the book is just how well told those stories are, how simple the mission is in some ways. Like you said, it's such a simple idea that is universal in its simplicity, I think. But but yeah, the one thing we find, like Carla said, is lots of people we meet have these ideas but don't action on them. But yeah, lots of people just struggle with that self-doubt or struggle with the next step in terms of what platform do I use or, you know... Should I use words? Should I Should use videos? It's just that inertia that kicks in. I think it's always a struggle. But I think I get the sense with Joshua, it's more about when he switches off the overthinking part of his brain, he's able to just go into what's the easiest thing, what's the next thing. So using Instagram, using that as a way to tell stories.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think that that is a really good way to also like you know round up too. Is like I can see him now, and I can think back to like many different countries. I've traveled to organizations, grassroots organizations I've worked with in like a bunch of different cities. I've been introduced to amazing people, groups of people who are advocating for all kinds of issues like you know the stories, the people I've met, like I can think about that body of work, as you said, and, and now a book, especially for someone who, you know, failed their GCSEs at high school. Um, and it's impossible to start any journey knowing exactly what's going to happen with those with those particular moments. And, and, and uh, I just think it's about building, like you said, it's about building, like it's, it's, it's I, I, I keep this kind of ethos, and, and I have done f- from the beginning, which is like, it's sort of like a daily, thing really and some sometimes I've, I'm not so good at it and I always think I can do better the next day but just trying to walk out into the world how I wish to see it you know like how try my best to each day just try and find a source to go back to and and then as you said it's less obsessed with exactly what I'm doing and and and, and, and you know what that's going to look like but yeah now I sit here because of that and 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 good things happen and 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 it draws you into people who feel the same. So yeah, mm. planning this stuff especially, basically in summary, like planning this stuff, like the altruistic conversation, the human connection, all that stuff. It's not really like projecting figures and, and uh you know, what impact you're gonna create. I'm not a charity or a not for profit, like I don't do that stuff. I just I try and go out with my best foot forward and, and yeah, connect with other people who feel the same. And, and, mm. and I think that's a, a good way to start, you know, baby steps. It's incremental, isn't it? You've got to just build on, build on that, build on this feeling, you know, more so.
0: Yeah. We definitely advocate what we call the emergent strategy, hashtag winging it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> being present, I think there's a what I'm hearing is a, there's a combination of being present in the moment, but also being true to what, what's driving you in that gut and that self-awareness that you talked at the beginning and also um, just I'm-
3: finally i'd just say that as soon as well every time me and Carlos have tried to plan you sort of look at numbers on a spreadsheet and it starts to lose the passion or the interest uh, and just think about your work and how if you start to think about impact in that way you, you'd lose the essence of what you're trying to do i sense
2: right right <laughs> and, and and you know that is something that i mean i'm afraid to say i guess it goes against a lot of like some strategic kind of conversations whatever whatever it is you're trying to achieve but honestly i talk about like lowering your benchmark for me it really is actually important to sometimes go like you gotta remember like if you in my conversation my scenario if like if i can help one person this week if i can make them feel like they're worth something like that they're worth whatever you know like uh, it's discuss that's, that's a pretty good thing that's quite a good if i can help a few people this year like feel like they're they've got another arm around them and maybe someone who gives a shit about them like that's that's quite important you know I and mean, mm-hmm. it's it's not 100 people it's not a thousand people you know but it's, it's it's we're in this time and you know i know we're running out of time but we're in this time right now where like god we're we do this terrible thing as human beings of feeling like we are responsible and we can do more than we actually can like mm. we're just a person With these immediate people around us like it's so hard so so hard on ourselves we're so hard and it's because we're constantly bombarded with information but it's like yes be informed yes be aware yes read and do the research and 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 knowledge really is power in that respect but i'm talking about lowering your benchmark as far as like Mm. you're just this person and like you know you know that, that that that's like your your goal could just be helping out one person over the next few months and that's going to mean a lot to them
0: thank you joshua ah oh, well so much there and i hope mm. we so we hope everyone who's listening or who will listen to this will get some sense of inspiration and, and energy and, and empowerment
3: one thing i was yeah you can see in the chat already that ripple effect of helping that one person inspires so many others to go do something a little better every day.
0: Well, thank
2: you to everyone listening. Thank you to you guys as well. Like, you know, being truly vulnerable here, I guess my, my fingers thinking like bloody hell, I know I can go off on a million different things. And the opposite of a person is like, Here's exactly what you do. One, two, three. Here's your thing. Here's how you do it. I'm just like, no, that ain't me. I just talk a lot. And I hope some of that was useful. Love you lots.
0: Absolutely.
2: I'm this sure was it was. Conversation.
0: You're in the yeah. right place. The people in our community, people who follow what we do, the, this is the kind of stuff that they love. And this is that human level of of understanding impact so we really appreciate it I mean,
2: really yeah really appreciate you having me thanks for thanks for this chat it's been great thanks to everyone listening
0: before we leave is there anything that you'd like to point people to specifically we shared the book was anything that's going on soon that you'd uh, like to bring people's attention to
2: yeah okay yeah so uh yeah as far as the shameless plug part of it i would Follow that up and back it up with the book you can get it like anywhere you just google do something for nothing because that's a really yeah, good way sure to that. to sort of highlight the stories but then shameless ask is if that's part of this maybe just added that on is is look i always give talks about this stuff and i do that in like education and schools and different things and um yeah if you have any contacts there always just give us a shout if you think you know i i i love going and talking about this stuff. So if that's something you want to know more about, then yeah, I think that's it. Just get in touch.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Happy Entrepreneur podcast. To hear more inspiring conversations like this, follow us on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Just search for the Happy Entrepreneur. In March, we'll be launching Tribe 7 of our Vision 2020 program. If you're at a point in your career entrepreneurial journey where you're asking yourself what next and you need the clarity and confidence to make some bold decisions about a new direction then this program is for you we'll help you define what success really means to you understand the impact that is yours to make make sure your mission is both energetically and financially sustainable and also learn how to build a supportive community around yourself we want people who are driven to do good in the world and are tired of trying to do it on their own. We share the key lessons we've learned while building the Happy Startup School and pivoting from the stressful peaks and troughs of agency life to a life of freedom, adventure, service and connection. We value learning, play and friendship and we'd like to help you discover the values and the work that align more to who you are. Don't struggle alone. And don't get sidetracked by other people's measures of success Discover for yourself what it means to create effortless impact To apply for the next tribe, go to vision.happystartups.co We look forward to hearing from you